Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. G'day, Coxie. G'day. G'day. It's a bit warm here today. It is a little warm. It's a lot warmer than where uh, today's guest is sitting. Polar Vortex? Is I that what it's called? I don't know what's going on, but minus 40 Celsius. That's freezing. That's I can't even wrap my head around that. No, I can't even fathom. I hate when it's like under 20 degrees. <laughs> I know, it's so spoiled here. <laughs> so I was listening to Adam talk about that. It's like he was literally uh, in the video because we, we have the video hookup so we can chat to our guests as well. He was sitting inside, mm. obviously with central heating, wearing a big jacket mm. because it's still cold. It's just, that's so cold. And I'm here in shorts and a t-shirt and it's hot. So. It is hot. Anyway, that's enough about the weather. Um, cool guest today, Coxie. Really interesting. Really interesting. You know those, sometimes you have a guest on and they just absolutely surprise you with how much knowledge they're prepared to share. Sometimes, not so much, but Adam was amazing. You guys are going to get such value out of this. I literally found myself sitting there for probably the first 20 minutes. Mm. I don't think you and I we uttered more than three words, <laughs> laughed a couple of times and Adam was just off and not just rambling garbage, but I was I was actually wishing I was taking really good notes because yes. like, man, we could use some of this stuff in our business. <laughs> Absolutely. There, look, there's just bombs of knowledge all through this, but straight up. There's bombs of knowledge. It, it it's there's no lag. Adam was really mm. into it. So if if you've ever had any questions around how do you go from working hard on the tools to running that true trade business as Coxie and I talk about, uh, if you've got any questions about how to use Facebook to market to your customers, how to find the people who are going to respond to your ads, how to do testing. Uh, yeah, how to how to inspire your staff, um, how to share ownership and profit with with great team members and how to build them up to that point um it's all in there and a whole lot more so um so have a listen to today's episode and if you're not uh, part of the group the free group that is tradies in business um head over to facebook and join the group um and jump over to the website and subscribe because uh we're going to start sending out reminders about cool podcasts like today and let you know when some really good stuff goes up so Hit the website at tradiesinbusiness.com.au, um, subscribe there, and we'll just let you know when there's some cool stuff that you can go and download. So enjoy today's episode. Enjoy. All righty. Welcome to the show, Adam Sand from Sergeant's Roofing. Yes. <laughs> Mate, uh, I try not to do uh, lengthy introductions for our guests because I usually make a meal of it, and I figure uh, <laughs> you probably know yourself better than anybody else. So... Adam, uh, can you tell our listeners here at the Tradies in Business podcast a bit about you and um, why are we talking to you today? And, and maybe you don't even know the answer to that question, mate. <laughs> well, um, my name is Adam Sand. And yeah, like you said, I'm from uh, Sergeant's Roofing in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. So uh, for our Australian friends, it's another part of the Commonwealth. You know, we're all, uh, we're all friends. So, <laughs> I, uh, so essentially about six years ago, um, my best friend, he was, he had a baby on the way and his, uh, about a year prior to this date, actually his, his 
company sold. So he worked with these guys from day one, right as the business opened from the very first day, uh, for the very first year, he was beside the owners as they went from like being on the roof, helping their guys on the roof, um, you know, and Joe, my best friend, he'd be right up there tearing the roof with the owners and everything like that. As time went on, the owners would show up in the morning, help tear, they'd leave. And, you know, Joe and the rest of the guys would shingle the roof and finish the job, clean up, and these guys would come and meet up at the end. And then as time went on, they wouldn't even show up in the morning. You know, it would be just Joe and, and, and Joe eventually took over as a foreman. And this company grew into something they sold for $8 million. So, um, Canadian, so I, I don't know what that works out to in Australian dollars, but eight, 8 million Canadian dollars. So they sold the company and they sold it to a guy whose parents own an insurance company. Mm-hmm. And because they own this insurance company, they, they, they kind of thought, well, they'll take all the, the commercial construction with or the commercial roofs with the apartment building and all the residential re-roof they were getting. And they thought, okay, why don't we uh, add an insurance to that? And the guys who sold it, essentially their pitch was, there's the yard, there's the trucks, there's the tools, there's Joe, he runs it all. Um, there's, uh, and, and here's our contract with this apartment company and this apartment company and this builder. Here you go. We want 8 million bucks. And that was, <laughs> that was it. And so Joe was like the intellectual property, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's Joe Sargent, right? That's where Sargent's roofing comes from. Cause mm-hmm. I was in the military and his last name is Sargent. So, I mean, you couldn't come up with a better name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, so we, so, so he was working for this new guy and they just did not like this guy because he was sold as the intellectual property but as we were talking about just here when we first got on the call it's minus 40 degrees celsius right now which is actually the same as in fahrenheit minus 40 fahrenheit so it's bloody cold there's no roofing going on right now and joe would be a lot more hand to mouth in the winter while this Mm -hmm. owner obviously has quite a bit of money being that he just came off you know he just bought this company for however many millions of dollars yep and because he wasn't a real tradesman, he was just an insurance guy that bought a roofing company and just kind of figured he'd plug in the roofing. When he was doing estimates, he was making all kinds of poor decisions that would put Joe in a bad put, would put Joe in a bad position because then he'd be choice making the choice between a something that's bad for the customer or yeah. something that was bad for the company's budget. He'd be forced to either cut a corner or cost his boss money. And a tradesman as you know, doesn't ever want to do bad work, but when it comes to, you know, push comes to shove, the dollars that do have an influence mm. and he was just unhappy, right? Like he was getting an indoor, an indoor, like, I don't know if you guys call him a genie boom or a zoom boom or a telehandler, like or extending lift uh, yeah. or whatever, but yeah, yeah. they would be using this owner would be saying, oh, an indoor one should be fine. Cause we have a parking lot. So we'd use an indoor zoom boom lift thing to work from. And every time it goes like one degree off level, yeah. it would shut the motor off, you know, so that they couldn't like tip this thing over. Like all these kind, rather than like an all-terrain lift that was made for outdoor work, yeah, this yeah. would do. This guy would do like stuff like this to Joe, right? Which would slow him down, put him in a bad spot. Me being his best friend, you know, we had this relationship where we would talk all the time, and I, I owned a business before, totally unrelated to construction, sold it. Then I took a management job working in a company with a boss and I kind of missed the entrepreneurial life. So as I started to put the pieces together and realized that Joe was both the brains and the brawn of this company, but making barely enough to pay his bills and then seeing that how much that company sold for when it became successful, it wasn't long before the, uh, 
I guess maybe the money hungry part of me that said, Hey, <laughs> why don't you go start your own business? And then he said, I don't know how to start a business. Like, I don't know about payroll and taxes and marketing and websites and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, I know stuff about that. So why don't we do it together? <laughs> and we did this and you got to picture, this is like, this is like six years ago. So I mean, back then, you know, the concept of advertising online for a construction company was around, but you know, it was really just like, you want to make sure you have a website and it's on Google when yeah. people search for your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And me, um, there's a really good story that I'm kind of well known for, but to summarize, I really like Facebook as a marketing tool from an organic perspective from my previous business and for the job that I had. Roofing was not as sexy as those two industries. So <laughs> I wanted to use Facebook, but I didn't know how to, how to do it. And I went out and like the world that we're in today is nothing like the world back then. I went out trying to find a guy to hire to do Facebook marketing because I had a website team. I, I, I know how to do it, but I just don't want to do all the SEO and whatnot. And I don't want to do coding. I don't want to do any of that stuff. So I hired a guy to do that. I wanted to hire someone to do the Facebook marketing because mm -hmm. I knew it would make it made sense. There's so many people on Facebook. We have to advertise roofing on Facebook. This just makes sense. Plus, there's no one else doing it in our area. Yeah. So why aren't we doing it? Mm -hmm. And so I went out in search of like how to use Facebook ads because organically we weren't getting any traction. And I was like, okay. And so there was no gurus. There was no, like nowadays, everywhere you look, there's like the plumbing Facebook ad guy, the roofing Facebook ad guy. They're mm. everywhere. Back then you couldn't find anyone. And now there's a guru everywhere saying, we'll sell you how to do it. We'll sell you how to do it. Here's a, a $99 masterclass. Here's a $300 a month uh, coaching course. There was nothing. Mm. And everybody in online marketing was selling, uh, you know, dog toys or personal training <laughs> or that weight loss because you could just put a buy now button and it was easy. You just like, here's a dog toy, buy now, download my free ebook on how to lose weight with a good diet. Hey, by the way, would you like online fitness coach training or vice versa? Here's my workout plan. Hey, would you like online diet coaching? You know, and then that was the lead magnet and then the upsell. That was mm -hmm. it. Here's my 10 top tips for training your dog to, to come when you call him. Right. And then here's, here's my, here's my dog toy. That's great for training dogs. Here's my extending dog leash or my, my fun chewing dog toy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and everybody in marketing was doing that. And there was some people that were starting to do like, Oh, this is, you can use this to sell like chiropractors cause you do free tooth whitening. Right. Or sorry, dentists for free tooth whitening. <laughs> I was going to say that'd be interesting down to your chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be an interesting store. Well, yeah. Or like, you know, or, or you're starting to get some stuff like that or, or $5 off a pizza. Right. And I looked and I'm like, you guys have, I'm like, I'm asking, Hey, does anybody know anyone that knows how to do it in construction and roofing? Cause I can't, I can't give away something in exchange for a lead to get a, to get a roof. I, if I give 10 per, like, you know how you give $5 off a pizza or 20% yeah. off a pizza. I can't do that. I have no free tooth whitening. It's not like I can go, I'll replace one shingle for free and then maybe I'll get the whole route. It's not very you know? sexy, is it? No. And, and yeah, and you're right. It's not sexy. It's not like I could put, it's not like you're selling a truck where you take a Chevrolet or a, a Holden and go bagging it through the, uh, bagging it through the outback. And then people are like, wow, look at the way that truck took that beating. I want to go buy one. Yeah. Like there was nothing interesting. People watching a roofer doing his job. They don't even know if he's doing it right or wrong. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, 
So I, I was, so I ended up getting in a big argument online on the, it was like 20, it was like 20 minutes till this cart was closing on this online course six years ago on how to use Facebook ads. And it was from a guy who ran a podcast and everything. And I got in this argument with him and they said, you know, you guys are all a bunch of hacks. You're all a bunch of losers. You don't know how to run a market, a real company, you know, like kind of got in his face a bit. And he said, listen, I get where you're coming from, but Facebook ads is about learning how to test. Everybody will tell that they tell you that they have a system and they'll sell you a system and they can get, you know, they can get leads for five bucks, 10 bucks, a hundred bucks, whatever makes sense for the market. But it's all at the cost of testing. You have to know how to test and then know what's working, what's not working. And then you can sell anything on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And that resonate with me. So I took his course and, um, <laughs> So good sales pitch anyway. Yeah, yeah. And we so we so I took his course and it was exactly that. Nobody knew anything. There was I did the research. I spent six months trying to find the guru. Couldn't find one. And so I went through the process of learning and testing and trying different things. And I actually ended up stealing a bit of that personal trainer, weight loss, dentist, dog toy stuff. And um, I went out and I tried some different things. And as I got some success. We ended up growing our business 40% in a year with Facebook ads. The next year, 149%. So wow. big, big, big difference. And uh, and uh, uh, the guy who ran the course and the podcast, he was like, he heard my results. And he's like, whoa, this is awesome. And I was, you know, I thought, yeah, I, I think so too. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah. he's like, how'd you do it? So he says, hey, come on my podcast and tell other people about your story. So I did. And I go through and explain this whole this whole story about what happened with the Facebook ads and how we did it, and I'll and I'll get to that in a sec. But then the guy the guy who did this, he was like, "Wow, that was awesome!" And so he ended up creating a course for Facebook ads local using what I did as oh. his like whole recipe for the course. Wow. And I love him. He's he, we're still great friends. But then all of a sudden, because of the podcast and because of the number of times my project was referenced in both his sale efforts for the course like I learned how Adam Sand did this is his roofing company mm -hmm. you know like and in the course and the curriculum it's showing my plan oh, wow. um so then when he did that all of a sudden a bunch of people started coming saying yeah but I just want someone who knows how to do it for roofers can you just do it for me uh -huh. and at first it was like oh that's kind of cool this is like a warm and fuzzy feeling you know <laughs> like someone wants my help yeah. you know I it's like, you know, it felt really good. So I kind of, I became buddies and started helping a bunch of people for free. And then all of a sudden I was like, Hey, I wonder if I could maybe charge some money for this. Cause I'm like not paying attention to other things in my life. Cause mm -hmm. I'm helping all these other roofers and it feels really nice, but it's not really, it's not really paying the bills or doing, you know, like I should focus on other things. So I said, Hey, would you guys want to like join a private Facebook group and I'll just charge you guys 300 bucks a month. And you guys can ask me all the questions and I'll like jump on your ads manager accounts and help at times. And they're like, yeah, sure. We're making like thousands of dollars off your work. So why not? So I started learning how to not undersell myself, <laughs> but we, um, so that's how we ended up, we ended up starting my other company roofing business partner, but essentially the recipe that I learned for construction, the thing that, you know, that, that, that where I tied it in from all these dentists with tooth whitening and personal trainers with diet and weight loss, um, was that you was that everything that you were giving was just something of value you had to solve a problem for them up yes. front yep and in roofing it's a challenge because they don't know even what to 
search yet, right? They're, when you're looking to get a roof, they're so like, they only do this twice, a, twice in their lifetime. You as tradespeople, you know, you know, your craft and you do it every day. And when you show up to sell it, you're selling it. We have the curse of knowledge where, you know, like if I tap on my desk and you just hear tapping, but I might hear Mary had a little lamb. Like I'm singing a song in my head because I have the curse of knowledge. So my taps are a song, but to you, I'm just tapping on the desk mm. and tradesmen. That's what it's like is that we're talking about things as if the customer knows why we do it that way. We're explaining our mm. process as if customers understand why they we're, we're, we're saying what we do. We're not saying why we do it and why they want us to do it that way. Mm. And the benefit of me having come in into the business with Joe was that I didn't have the curse of knowledge. I didn't know anything about roofing other than like seeing him do it and talking to him about it. So when we start a roofing company and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go sell some of these roofs. So why do we have drip edge? What's that for? <laughs> you know, like I, I'm, I own a roofing company. I don't know what the pieces are, what they yeah, do, yeah. right? And so I was, a, I was a roofing apprentice while I was a business partner in a roofing company. And so I'm like, well, what is drip edge? Because customers, every time we go to sell them a roof, they say, well, what's that? And then Joe kind of explains it quickly with his hand and, you know, kind of, you know, and they kind of think they understand. And sometimes they just kind of go nod their head and don't want to look stupid. So yes. they just assume that he knows what he's talking about. Mm. And I was like, you know, I could like, we should like draw that out for people. And so I started making infographics. So I, I went, found a designer um, on 99designs, held a design contest, right? Cost like 900 bucks, but whoever, yeah, I got like 130 different versions of my infographic and whoever, whichever one I liked the best got the prize of the 900 bucks. Meanwhile, I had like 100 people working on it. You know, I went on there and I was on there like for hours going like, hey, I got this cool project. You should come join and submit your thing. My prize is 900 bucks. Like I got really involved and I got all these designs and I found the one that I liked and it was about drip edge. And so I put that on Facebook and I started basically putting that out to homeowners who lived in my area, who in the areas that like I knew, like where we were always kind of doing estimates, like older houses. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Hey, you need to have drip edge on your roof. And then I learned in my course that you could take anybody who engaged with that post and you could show them another ad mm. later and so we showed them an ad that said we were giving away free drip edge with any roofs that were estimated in the month of April or whatever. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, that really worked. And I didn't really understand. I didn't really understand at the time why. So then we did another one and Joe was talking to a customer about the difference between a diff this kind of valley and that kind of valley and this other kind of valley. And so I was like, yeah, I don't really understand. Like, what is the benefit between open valley or like a closed cut valley and a, a California cut valley and a woven valley and then this metal one right and he kind of explained it to me and I was like geez that's a little complicated for an infographic so we recorded a video about it and kind of going over all the different kinds of valleys that were available and how you put them together and why and what happens when water goes in it and we put that video up and that was right when they started to allow you to build a custom audience on Facebook. And so just in case, I don't know if, how, where your, your viewers are at and their knowledge of Facebook ads. So a custom audience is just where you tell Facebook, Hey, I don't need to know their names and their addresses and like, you know, what size, you know, t-shirts they wear, but these people who watch this video, can you just put them on a list somewhere? I don't need to know their names, but can you just like 
make note that they watch the video, that's mm -hmm. a custom audience. You're telling Facebook, if they do this behavior, whether it's they visit a site or they're interested in that, or they watched my video on Facebook that I put up, you tell them, if anybody watched half of this video or more, can you just put them on a list for later and call that list uh, people who know about va Metal Valleys now. Call that list that, people who know about Metal Valleys now. And we put that video up. And then we did another one about ventilation. And we talked about, and I'll, I'll use ventilation because I think a lot more people understand the benefits of ventilation mm -hmm. on a roof. But um, ventilation, especially in a climate like ours, it means less humidity in your attic space, your shingles last longer, your attic insulation works better, doesn't get any moisture on it, so it doesn't get damaged over time, reduces leaks. Um, and then it also makes it so your air conditioning doesn't turn on as often in the hot summers. Mm -hmm. So when we talked about the vents like that, we put them on a custom list, right? And, I, and all, that's all I knew was that you could take video viewers and put them on a custom audience and use them for later, right? And then I got an email from my distributor and they said, hey, we're doing a big, we're, we're doing a big sale on these vents. We, got, we're, we bought way too many. We got too many. They're going to be sitting outside in the rain. The boxes are going to get damaged. So we want to clear out these vents. And they were like these upgraded kind of nicer vents. They're like 80 bucks for one, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I said, hey, we should like kind of see if we can do a deal for that. So um, in my Facebook ads course, right, I said, hey, you know, I got, I did this video on vents and now there's a sale on vents. I think I could do something with that list. And they were like, well, yeah, you can. And I, I know this might sound totally retarded today. Back in 2000, whatever that was, 2012 or 13 or whatever, like this was like magic, mm. right? And so again, if there's a bunch of Facebook ad experts listening, I'm not claiming that this is like savant <laughs> level knowledge today, but back then this was pretty quick. And even, and to be honest today, it's even pretty quick because there's thousands and thousands and thousands of roofing companies that don't even have a Facebook pixel on their website. So, yes. And there's still uh, lots of people and, and probably a lot of listeners going, well, I don't know about that. So it's still, yeah, so, it's not common knowledge yet. So essentially the strategy was, is that on Facebook, uh, you know, there's so much interesting stuff going on, you know, like t like today, you know, you want to watch a video about Trump or maybe that Ken Block guy is drifting his car around some other city or a cat video, <laughs> right? I mean, there's so many interesting things to see on Facebook. Listening to a roofer talk about vents on a roof and why they're good is probably the most boring thing that you could talk about on Facebook, except maybe life insurance. Or painting. Okay? I think painting would be yeah, up there. Or Painting would be up there, but painting at least, like, if you talk to a wife and say, hey, you know, I'd like to get the kitchen redone and pa paint the walls, or we could do the roof, she's going to pick the painting, the painting <laughs> yeah. house every time. Absolutely. Right? Because roof is boring. It protects the whole bloody building, but it's boring. Mm. And so if someone watches a video for two and a half minutes of a five-minute video about vents, the only reason they would do that is either, one, they're a roofer and they just want to hate on your video, or two, they're a homeowner and something has given them an indication in the recent past that they need to be thinking about roofing, mm. right? And so they're watching this video because they're like, hmm, I should probably pay attention to this because my neighbors just got their roof done and I should probably pay attention to like something about roofing because my roof looks like it's getting kind of ugly. And so when we did that, when we got that opportunity to buy those vents on sale, we said, hey, anybody who, we, we, we set an ad that said we're doing free vents for anybody who um, gets an estimate 
done in March. You can buy a roof anytime this year, but as long as you get the estimate in March, you get free vents. And so we got a ton of leads because we only showed it to the people who watched 50% or more of that really boring video about Facebook vents or about roof vents on Facebook. And the results were incredible. And that's what caused this big boost in business was that we was because now what I understood was that if I tell you, um, it, it say, Hey, uh, we're going to give you free vents on your roof. Just totally cold. We just met and say, Hey, if you buy a roof now, you get free vents. You're going to go, well, how much is a vent? Oh, it's like 140 for all events on your roof. Well, that's not that good of a deal. Mm -hmm. But if you've been price conditioned with a video talking about how much vents can save you on your heating and air conditioning costs, how much they can prevent damage to your insulation and leaks, make your roof last longer and make your house more comfortable to live in. Well, now the benefit of ventilation is in the thousands. Mm. The cost might be 150 bucks, yeah. but the benefit is in the thousands. So when you next week buy some magical Facebook wizardry, show them an ad that says free vents, when they just got taught about how much free vents are of value to them, well then mm. boom, of course they're gonna they're gonna say, honey, we gotta get the we should probably get the roof done because we got a chance to get the free vents. Mm. And that's the conversation that happens at that kitchen table. And that's when we really realized what was happening. Because at the time we didn't get it. But again, Facebook ads was all about knowing how to test and how to look back and react to that information. And they say, why did that work? And then when you communicate with your customers, you figure it out. So then that became everything we did was we did infographics all the time and a few videos. And now it's moved into more videos and we've like created some scripts that, you know, make it really easy. Um, but it's all we, we created. We And then we combined all of our infographics into an ebook and called it like the 21 mistakes to avoid when roofing ebook. And that slaughtered like that was the best because then it was like you we, we could literally run around saying we wrote the book on roofing and people <laughs> shared it with each other. And when we when we wrote this, when we did this and it was filled with these really like I said, they, they always had to pass the 14 year old girl test. Right. My neighbor had a 14 year old daughter. She had no interest in anything other than um, one direction, the band and like her friends. That was it. <laughs> so. If I walked next door with my iPad and said, hey, um, Amy, can you read this? Okay, can you just, I will give you $5 right now if you can tell me what that means. And if she could explain it, then I knew we had a winner. Great. Because that girl has no interest in roofing. It's not that girls or boys are different. I don't want to go and get the internet and mad at me. But <laughs> I'm just saying that a 14-year-old girl who has no interest in roofing and all she cares about is One Direction and Snapchat, if that girl can spend a minute to three minutes looking at an infographic and then tell me why you need to have um, underlayment on your roof, mm -hmm. right? That's a win because now that means that anybody can digest that information and understand the value. And that's what I understood that the, my teeth whitening to get a dental client for life, my teeth whitening was teaching the customer how to buy a roof yes, and then letting them know where they could buy one after. Mm. Yep. And that key word and there, so, Adam, is is teaching. It's about education, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So we so we say teach first, sell second. That's my thing. Mm. And so that's essentially how we how we came to grow our, our business was just finding d newer and better ways to continuously teach better because the selling became easy and the side benefits were incredible. From we got better staff because 
people in the trades business, they want to work somewhere where they can see themselves growing. They'd like to learn the next position. You know, Shingler wants to be a foreman. A foreman wants to be a production manager, a QC guy. A QC guy wants to eventually get in the office. Mm. And so as we, when we were online doing that, a lot of guys were like, you know, my company is kind of stagnant. My boss is like, you know, kind of a Cracker Jack, you know, and mm. I want to go wait somewhere where things are exciting and things seem new and fresh and different. And, you know, so when, and, and because we were generating a crap load of business, we were able to give raises and promotions and we wanted to acquire more people. So we were able to align ourselves in a way that we could acquire the best people in the business. And from, and then from that, from that other point that leapt into roofing business partner, which was like my marketing business which essentially was just other roofers that needed help. And because I look at Joe and I see how when he, we started the company, he believed in me when I said, yeah, let's quit your job. I know your, your wife's like seven months pregnant, but yeah, quit your job and let's go start a roofing company. Yay. I don't know anything <laughs> about roofing. What's drip edge? He trusted me when I said I knew about business and I knew about marketing and I knew about sales and I knew about how to take his trade and scale it. I said, I know how to do everything. I just don't know how to do the roofing part. He believed me. And I saw how hard he worked. You know, we'd be up to 11 o'clock at night after a long 12-hour day of roofing, you know, diving in and doing like financially diving into the job and saying, yeah, see, this is how much you made, Joe. And I'd be teaching him. But I saw how hard he worked for his whole life to learn this trade. And I seen how so many, and I worked on the oil rigs, so I'm not afraid of work. I've done hard work. That's why I went into business is because I didn't <laughs> want to stay in hard work forever, but I learned it and I seen how hard Joe worked. And then when these other roofers came to me and been like, and they'd share me their stories and they'd just be like, man, like basically I work to pay for my truck payment and my kids and my wife. And like, there's very little left over. If I get a vacation at the end of the year, it's great. And, uh, and you know, I'm just subbing out to all these builders and these other roofing companies that like sell the job and then they just give me a, the job and then I only get paid to install it. You know, but I'm never actually like building my own business. It's always their sign out front of the house, not mine, but it's my hard work that makes their company look good. When they came to me with those stories, it was like, man, like if I don't start an agency, I'm leaving those guys behind because I know how hard it was to find somebody who could help with something like that. Mm. And so that's how Roofing Business Partner came to be. And uh, and, I, and I, I believe that anybody who knows something about how to help the contractor build a business that doesn't leave him disproportionately working harder for his money than the guys out in Wall Street, so to speak, you know, just to use that cliche, you know, I think that they owe it to the industry to get out there and put out value. And that's why I was really excited about getting on your podcast because you guys have 200 episodes of, I've listened to a few of them, of really good value that can leave roofers and other trades workers in a position where they can truly build a business that's a little bit more able to give them the dream life. They may not own a yacht, but maybe they can own a motorcycle and a, and a snowmobile or a boat or go fishing or take their kids on vacations or whatever it is they want to do. And that's, that's why I love this business. So do you still have the roofing business, Adam? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's still running strong. And, and uh, is Joe still involved? Yeah. No, he's, yeah, he's, he's more involved than I am. So has his headspace changed at all uh, throughout all of this? Has his uh, point of view or, or attitude shifted at all? 
Um, in what way? Because I would say absolutely, um, but I, I'm not sure in what way you're asking. Because one of the big challenges that we see, and, and Nicole and I talk uh, with listeners and members of our group and everything a lot, um, and there's you, you described that whole hard-working approach uh, that, that a tradesperson has. And, you know, they're some of the hardest-working people on the planet, but the hard work that they do is not necessarily going to grow them a business, obviously, because it's, you know, they're good at their craft. Um, and one, oh, of the, yeah. one of the big things that I see as being the differentiator between a successful trade business and just a great tradesperson, I shouldn't say just, but a great tradesperson is that mental state around how they see themselves, how they approach decisions in the business, um, and even their involvement and, and the sorts of uh, responsibilities they take in the business. So I was just curious to know if, if Joe had sort of had some shifts around that himself. Yeah, he's recognized that, especially this last year, but he's, uh, he's, he's recognized that his role is more around teaching other leaders. So last year, you know, so one thing that we always said was that we don't want to subcontract jobs. We want to always do our jobs in-house. And so one of the people that we brought in, he's 46. When we met him, he was, I mean, I could say that I'd say this stuff to his face. So I'm not saying anything behind his back, but he yeah. was a mess. You know, he was typical trades guy, substance problems, aggression problems, didn't know how to talk to people, you know, worked at 38 different roofing companies in his life, you know, kind of just was a scatterbrain, you know, no money, no, didn't have a car. Right. Um, and Joe recognized that his role in the company was about create, like I did all this other stuff. His job was to create other leaders to replace him. Right. In sales, in the foreman position. Um, And this, and and what we understood is that every time we train someone good, they end up going and starting their own subcontracting gig and they're just, (laughs) and they end up in the same position. Right. Where they're just compliant. Yeah. Yeah. They train someone. But the fact is, if you just treat, if you create, if you create someone that's good enough to run their own subcontracting company, it's because they want a piece of the pie. Yes. Yeah. And I'd rather, I'd rather own 35% of a $20 million company than a hundred percent of a $1 million company. Mm-hmm. And I understood that the reason Joe was willing to trust me to leave his job of 10 years or 11 years and come start his own roofing company, you know, and throw caution to the wind was because he wanted a piece of that pie as well and he recognized his own value. Mm. And the mistake that I saw that those other guys made that sold the company for $8 million to the new guy, they sold it because of burnout, because they were constantly hiring and training new guys and because Joe, to be put it bluntly, was one of the only guys dumb enough to stay. Mm-hmm. And and that's not, and again, that's not, not a dig against Joe. He's loyal, he's hardworking, and he didn't believe in himself. And I think that that's one big part of the mindset shift. Mm. And so then these guys go and start their own subbing agency that work for us. And then all they're doing is subbing to other guys. Their logo is never out there. Nobody cares. They just own a job and pay more ta- like pay their own taxes. That's yeah. it. Yep. And what we recognize is that the reason we lose good people is because sometimes we make it look easy. Yes. And we don't, they don't see all the other stuff that I'm doing behind the scenes. They think I just drive a nice truck and show up every once in a while to say <laughs> follow the process. And... So what we decided was that we were going to create a plan of progression where when people cross a certain milestone, they would get a piece of ownership in the company, a profit sharing. And 
Last year was the first year where we got to give that to somebody. So this Bob guy, who was a mess, he became a foreman, ran his own crew, generated a ton of money for us, developed other leaders, developed one of the fastest shinglers we ever met, turned a girl into one of the fastest shinglers we've ever seen. And she's almost as fast as Joe. And the girl's 120 pounds. And Joe's like six foot six and black and built like an athlete. You know what I mean? <laughs> so for her to be almost as fast as him was really stressful for Joe and really exciting for Bob. Trained her to do that. And if I could hire 10 more girls like her, I don't think I'd hire guys again. Yeah. But um, she, uh, but so he did all these things and it got to the point where there was other leaders wanting to come up and we need to create a vacuum to give them a place to grow. And Bob was not getting any faster, mm. right? It's 46. And so largely what, um, so what was really transformational for Joe when we actually got to do that, where we gave Bob a big F-350 dually Lariat nice truck and put him in that truck and said, okay, now it's your job to deliver the bins, pick up trailers, drop off the tools when they need them, your logistics now. Mm. And your part owner and we recorded a video of it and he was crying and we're all crying and it was a, it was a pretty big day but it was great because now we know that bob was never going to get this delusion where he was going to go run out and try and start his own roofing company and now we've got him you know in theory for life or for a long time and if we ever sell the company for eight million bucks well then he's going to get his piece of that yes and that piece to him represents so much more than he'd ever be able to do on his own with his skill set because you don't get an mba on the roof and mm. an mba is I don't know if you guys have those there. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah. just call it that there. Yep. Yeah. You don't get an MBA on the roof. And so we've created this retirement plan for Bob. And Joe recognized that his job is to create more of those. Yeah. And that's his path to wealth and into financial freedom. And so that's what he does now is he focuses on how do I create more leaders and how do I continue to improve the operational processes of the company? And while he still takes, he'll still grab a shingling gun, he'll still go sell a roof, he'll do every job, he'll never ask anybody to do something he wouldn't do, mm. but he understands that the mind shift that he had to have was that it, he, it used to be what we called the Joe show. Joe loved being the fastest, Joe loved being the best, Joe loved being the guy that everybody looked at and said, man, Joe's the best roofer alive. <laughs> but that wasn't going to do anything for Joe other than had his ego and so between a 46 year old man getting a piece of the company and a 120 pound girl being almost as fast as him shingling he understood that there's power in duplication of yourself and focusing on the right things and that i so to answer your question i believe that you're right everybody has to have a shift and start focusing on the right things even if they have to have a full-time job during the day and a part-time job at night doing the right things to make it work they have to do it or else they're just going to own a job for the rest of their lives. That's right. I'm interested to know, Adam, how you both came to have that mindset. That's not something that we traditionally see, particularly in tradies, the understanding of the way to retain the staff, the understanding of the way to grow the business and ensure your own success is by creating a path for others to have their own success within your organization. How did you come to that mindset? Um, well, I, I think that I, I came, I brought that to the company, but I brought it because I did it with the experience, but essentially how I got to that mindset was reading a ton of books, mm. right? Learning education, surrounding myself with other mentors, you know, just, it was just education. It, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time around. 
And if you're hanging out with your, if you're hanging out with your laborers after work, you're both reducing your sense of authority with them and you're not growing yourself. You should be spending time with people above you. And that's what I did. And Mm -hmm. that's why as best friends, I rose to a level that he wasn't quite at yet. And it's no fun getting rich without your friends because then you don't get to go do fun stuff together. So (laughs) I wanted, I wanted to bring, bring him up. And now he's learned that he's bringing other people up rather than hanging out with them after work. He's Mm -hmm. teaching them at work and learning what to teach them after work. But that mindset was from education and being surrounded by other people who did it. Brilliant. Right. There was a, I remember like a good story is like, there's a guy I know he started a demolition company, totally unrelated to roofing, but he started a demolition company. He had a partnership partnership went south for things that could have been avoided. It was called D a D a down, done down, downright demolition. Yeah. He liked it cause it was double D's. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> tradies, right. Yeah. yeah. So then he had that and that company, that company flopped. Right. And then he went and started another one called B and B demolition, um, bigger and better. Right. Cause he was on bigger <laughs> and better. Did it by himself. Right. And, uh, and I watched his company go right. And, 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 I, I, where I had my previous business was in Canada's largest shopping mall and he did all the demolition in the mall. So anytime mm-hmm. a store closed, he demolished it and then someone else put a new store there. And I talked a lot with him and maintained contact with him. And it's ironic because now he's actually one of my competitors, but you know, but I learned so much from him and how to run a construction company properly, the good principles. And I really learned that, you know, rather than shying away from people like that because they make you feel dumb and mm-hmm. they always tell you what to do and they always like no no no, that's dumb this is what you need to do and sometimes you want to be like but you don't understand my unique situation mm-hmm. it's like no 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 no. i understand it enough to know this is what you need to do that can sometimes be hard to surround yourself with mm-hmm. and you can be prone to being defensive or being like he don't know me you know, it's like these kind of i don't know all these immature reactions and i just learned very early that listening to them, finding out the times that they were right when I didn't listen is it was something that I would take forward. So now I continuously try and connect with and collaborate with people who are better than me mm-hmm. because I always have someone to be served by and there's always someone for me to serve. And I know that anybody who's successful is the same way. Mm-hmm. They're serving others and then they're being served by others. Yeah. And that's just how the world, that's, that's how the world goes. That's how strong people are built. Mm-hmm. And having that humility to take feedback from others is such a key part of that that growth and the and the shift in, I guess, the mindset and and the behaviour around that. Because so often we take feedback from others as a personal slight against us, and uh, you know we push back against it rather than saying, well, you know, that's interesting feedback, and just accepting it as data. And you talk about yeah, you know, and test, that's, testing Facebook ads. It's kind of like testing my that, 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 I was just saying, that was like, as you were saying that, I was thinking that. I was like, yeah, it's like marketing. Marketing doesn't lie. If this headline works better than this headline, if this headline, twice as many people click on the ad and go to your website as this many, it doesn't matter if you're emotionally attached to that headline. No. If this headline brings in $420,000 worth of new work, that's the headline you leave. It doesn't <laughs> matter what you want. It matters what the, it matters what the customer wants. And, and that's the beauty of using things like Facebook for advertising is because, you know, a lot of guys that are in the industry, especially the older dogs, right? Like some of my clients that are like, you know, two, five, 10 million dollar companies there, they remember the good old days when they could make one 
or two good decisions like, oh, we're going to put a full page ad in the yellow pages and mm. we're going to do 38 bus benches. And that's all the marketing decisions they make this year. Yeah. They're done. Right? No, we want red letters this year instead of blue letters. Yep. Right? They like SEO back then was naming your company A1 Roofing because <laughs> then you were at the top. That that was SEO back in the day, right? And now SEO is like, you mean like, so you talk to some guy who's owned a roofing company for 13 years or 35 years, like, yeah, so now you got a blog and you should really think about Facebook. You might want to start paying attention to Instagram. And if you're thinking of being around another 20 years, all the kids on Snapchat are going to eventually have credit cards. And he's like, screw that right <laughs> and that's why some of these guys right now are losing 90 percent of their traffic overnight right because but they, but then young people or the dynamic companies that can pivot they, they they don't look and say oh now we have to do all that it's like no now you can you your tiny little roofing company like we were back then you can just put out messages every day for free. You have a production studio on your iPhone and you can record professional videos that used to cost $25,000. You can record for free. You've got a distribution network. You used to have to show up to the television station and find out about ad yeah. recall lift and how many times you could get on between yeah. the sports games and how much that cost at primetime versus off primetime and if the TV guide. Now you can experiment and test and you can get real time feedback you can you can spend $13 on two different ads and say okay that headline works better now let's work on the copy on the below that oh now this picture gets more clicks than this picture so this picture this headline is best then we go to landing page well this this color button worked better than this color button and it actually does there's colors and buttons that make differences who would have thought yeah, yeah and you and you can do all this and there's nothing romantic about any of it it's just what is resonating with your audience and what is getting results? And you couldn't do that with a newspaper. You or you couldn't do that with your yellow pages ad. You put your yellow pages ads full page, it's there for the whole year. You don't know how many times people flip by it and go, eh, something doesn't feel right about that company. And then the guy on the next ad says, serving Edmonton for 34 years. And then you can't look at you go, oh, I guess next year we're gonna have to say serving Edmonton for 34 years. Mm. You know what I mean? Now yeah. you can make that decision in a day. Yeah. And and right and so it's a two a double edged sword. It can cost you and it can build you, but if you're smart and you surround yourself with good people or you hire good people, boom, you're set. Adam, do you think that's why not as many people are taking advantage of this? Because as you said before, you know it's it's kind of boring doing all that stuff. It's little things every day or every hour of every day rather than the big flashy TV ad, which, you know, I've spent money on TV advertising in, in previous businesses. And, you know, we spent 30 grand on a TV ad and it tanked, but you had no way of knowing until you ran the ad. Yeah, it was brutal. I did the same thing with radio in my business prior. I did this big radio ad and had, I got so excited by the way it sounded and it didn't work. <laughs> And the cost of failure was, you know, eight thousand dollars for that ad, for that radio ad, and it was like I don't really want to spend another eight thousand dollars to try and hypothesize what might might work better because it's not like it's not like there was anything in the car telling me, you know, what yeah. what it would work, what would work. And back and back in the days when I started Facebook ads, geez, you didn't have the tools you have today. Yeah, no, like yeah. I feel like the old man that's like back in my day, I had to walk uphill both ways <laughs> to in the snow with paper shoes. Like I'm starting to turn into a crusty old man. But, but so I mean, yeah, it's boring, but geez, try looking at power editor in 2012. You look at ads manager today and you got to, or add espresso, the nice tools that you have to make it give visual. I mean, pff, back then I was looking at a spreadsheet. Now you're looking at graphs and 
yeah. stuff. But you're right. It's, it, it is about making the adjustments. A lot of people go, they spend money on an ad and they never try or mm-hmm. they never do any scaling and optimizing. I was just talking to a contractor yesterday and he's paying a guy 700 bucks a week to run these ads. And, 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 and the guy admittedly, he says, well, he just doesn't really know. He's kind of learning, but he's learning too slowly. Yeah. He's yeah. spending three, $400 on an ad before shutting it off when mm-hmm. you can spend $13 mm-hmm. have, but he needs to know what to look for. And then from there you have to like the Facebook pixel. That's, that's the thing that drives me bonkers. Like I, I, I have a free thing on my site. If you have it on your site, go, go download your thing wherever they can get it. But if you're ever, 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 ever thinking of sooner or later getting around to the Facebook ad thing, get the pixel on your site now mm. because you're starting to generate and season that pixel the minute you put it there. You can always go back and say the next, the last six months of website visitors, I want to target them with an ad. You can always do that later, but you have to get the pixel on there now. Yes. Yep. yep. Well, yeah. Adam, my brain hurts. Uh, I don't know about our <laughs> listeners, but uh, I'm sitting here thinking, how am I going to ask this next question, which is, uh, it's, it's a bit of a wind-up question, mate. <clears throat> You'd be used to that. Uh, <laughs> but um, All good. But, but you're not going to be able to summarize this into one point, but I have a favorite question I like to ask, and that is if you had a thousand tradespeople, tradies, contractors, in a room, what is one piece of advice you would love to leave them with? Map out your your process, your customer's journey. Mm. Ah, good one. Map out your customer's process from the minute from the minute they submit a lead to the minute they end up, but until they they pay you the invoice. Map out that process. Walk through what your ideal customer journey is, because. You're going to learn so much by by actually walking through it because so many tradesmen I find are, it's almost like it's new every time they do it, even yeah. if they've been doing it for years. Yeah, yeah. And in that process, you're going to find a number of really important things that are going to transform your company. One, you're going to find out that your, your process serves a specific kind of customer, whether it's residential re-roofs or storm damage or insurance or builders, right? Then you're going to find out what customers you tend to gel best with, whether that be, say it's residential re-roofs. You gel with people who are moving or selling their house. You're going to see you'd work better with a certain demographic, maybe first-time home buyers, maybe maybe uh, people who are selling their home to retire. Or you're going to find that you work better with people who plan to live in their home for the next 30 years. You can take that and then turn that that determines your marketing because you should always begin with the end in mind with your marketing and Mm. go back and make your marketing specific to your ideal customer. Then throughout mapping out your process, you're going to find out that there's certain places where you're doing a repeated task over and over and over again. And either you get distracted and then you don't do it and have a negative customer experience or you do it and you're trying to juggle too many balls. And then you can learn you can say, okay, which are the eight things that get screwed up the most often? Who do we call or how do we find the right person or where do, what do we Google to automate those things so yep. that those things don't happen anymore? And if you can automate at least a chunk of your buyer's journey, and if you can get in a really good clear picture as to who your buyers are, then you can use that to build a system and a process 
to allow your business to run a little bit more on autopilot so you can focus on the right things. Mm. So like we talked about being in the beginning of this phone call, Stacy's a part of that process. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's about uh, literally getting off the tools as we talk about, Coxie. Absolutely. And yep. uh, and into that business owner role. So, Adam, if uh, if listeners want to find out a bit more about you, either roofing business partner or the actual roofing business, uh, what's the best way for them to go and stalk you, mate? Um, so, they can, Sergeant's Roofing, it's my roofing company, they can check it out at sergeantsroofing.com. All the leads they submit when I see their area codes is in Edmonton. I'll assume they're trading because <laughs> that happens all the time. And then uh, and then they can also check us out on Instagram, Facebook. They can watch what we do and copy what we do. Uh, and then Roofing Business Partner, roofingbusinesspartner.com. Same thing on Instagram, same thing on Facebook. And they can listen to my podcast as well, Roofing Business Partner. And I don't know. That's about it. Nice, mate. Perfect. Well. There were some epic knowledge bombs in there, Adam. Thank you so much for your time and for spending uh, some of your afternoon, I think it is, there in Canada. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For, it's a snowy, cold afternoon. For, for spending some of your minus I'm 40. Indoors. <laughs> and uh, it's it's heading to plus 35 here again today. So, uh, yeah. Only. So you like my friends out in Vancouver. We have a, we have a, we have a Vancouver Island in Canada where yeah. everybody... They're all the jerks that have nice weather all the time. Like them. <laughs> they, they call when That's there's us. a massive blizzard out here and they call and they oh my gosh, I heard there was a, there was a nasty snowstorm. Are you okay? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. It's fine. You know, I just had to wear a jacket today. I'm like, oh yeah, geez. And I was like, I was just in the garden, you know, I was just gardening and I was picking the flowers. Right. And then I heard it on the radio because I had the radio outside. I was doing the garden. And I, so I put my flip flops on and I ran over to the phone right away because I wanted to make sure, okay, I'm like, click. <laughs> uh, that's awesome mate. well, well thank look- you guys i appreciate you letting me on the podcast i hope your audience got some value out of that i'd love to connect with you guys again and if anybody does have questions honestly i'll i answer a ton of questions for free um i, I love just helping because like i said i see how much hard work these guys do and girls and uh and i, I want to make sure that they get what they need I don't do it only for money. I, I love it to just help guys out for free. And I really appreciate you guys helping me get that message out there. That's awesome, Adam. Thanks, Thanks again, mate. Okay. okay, keep it up, guys. Talk to you later. Well, there you go. Uh, holy crap. My head is literally hurting. Uh, I was sitting here at one point, Coxie, just thinking, Adam's Adam's like doing our job for us. I know. <laughs> He's literally educating our listeners. Which uh, is, you know, what we look for in a great guest. And, um, you know, he's out there doing it. There was so much in that episode that I can't even begin to summarize it. Um, I loved his thing about you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. It's one of my favorite sayings. And uh, and his thing about hanging out yes. with not, not just successful people in that sort of wankerish kind of way, but people who are pushing boundaries or doing things differently or, you know, asking better questions of themselves. And here is my really cheesy segue (laughs) into the trade desk Uh, because we have a bunch of super successful tradies who are are already doing it. Um, So if you don't know what it is, the trade desk, you should go to our website and check it out, uh, tradiesinbusiness.com.au. And, um, and go and have a look at that. But you get to hang out with a bunch of traders and you get to hang out with Coxie and I. I think we're fun. 
Well, I think we're more than fun. We, we bring a lot of value to the table. Oh, actually. we do, for yeah. sure. And we've worked with a whole bunch of tradies. So, um, yeah, fantastic episode. Uh, definitely have a look at the people you're spending the most time with would be my uh, my big takeaway from that. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was great. It was. Mm. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.